We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm not going to say we got hot at the right time, but we start winning at the right time. Toward that tail end of the year, you start finding yourself what kind of team you got, the character of your team, too. The will to win is real, and we're going to continue to be resilient. The love and the energy that we have for each other right now, the trust and the communication that we have in practice and throughout the week within our game plans. We want to win football games. That's the main sense and the, the main feeling that we have in this facility right now is do whatever it takes to get it done. You know, it got to a certain point in the year where it's just like, hey, this is the way it's going to be, so time to buck up and get the job done. And I think that's really what the guys have done. They've come together and played for one another, and that has formed an identity throughout the last four or five weeks here. Gets to the 10, to the 15, through a hole to the 20, 25, 30. He could go. 50, 40. They're not going to get him. Deontay Hardy going the distance for the touchdown. You're listening to Jeremy and Joe on the home of the Bills. WGR Sports Radio 550. You know you make me want to T-Pain on the Shout Song at his covers concert. Hey, I've got a stat of the day leading us into Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio joining us on the Western Hotline. Good morning, Sal. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Stat of the day. This was uh, something okay. something that Josh found, which is that, and maybe you knew this or heard, mentioned this on one of your shows, one of your spots, that the last three times, or every time, is it every time? Every time. The Bills and Steelers have met in the postseason. The winner of the game has gone on to the Super Bowl. Wow. Yeah, yeah so it would be the 70s. They, the Steelers beat the Bills, OJ, uh, that's at Three Rivers Stadium. Boy, pretty higher scoring game maybe. It wasn't that close. I think the Steelers maybe in the 40s, a little before my time. Um, and then... One of the 90s the teams. Bills, and then the Bills beat them the week after the greatest comeback in NFL history. Yeah. And it was 24-3, to I believe. Uh, they go there. Frank Reich wins that game. I remember there was a sign, whatever. What's the interstate you take? 84? What's the interstate you take to Pittsburgh? It, I think it's 87. 87. There was a sign on I-87 that said no comebacks allowed or something like that as you got into Pittsburgh. That's right? funny, yeah. So that was interesting. And then, like, in 95, Bills beat the... Oh, it's, it's not 87. Bills. It's 79. Sorry. Okay, so somebody was going to text us about that. It's 79, yeah. 79 for the first one, and then 92 for the second one, okay? And then no, they I'm, think I'm, 95. I, I meant root 79, but anyway, carry on. <laughs> sorry. Oh, got you, got you, got you. I'm sorry. My bad, my bad. Anyway, we're confusing everybody. All right, so that's the first, that's the second. I'm just trying to walk through this, tell, say if this is right. The third one, I believe, was the week after the Bills beat the Dolphins in Shula's last game, and then Bruce Smith woke up Bruce Smith was sick he he couldn't play in the game at Pittsburgh he had like 102 temperature he didn't play and the Steelers beat the Bills fairly fairly well and went on to lose to the Cowboys in the Super Bowl yeah there you go every time they've met it has meant a Super Bowl appearance for the winner that's the stat of the day and it is brought to you by Seneca Gaming in Irving home of the biggest bingo payouts and slot machines with thousands won daily 
All right, Sal, uh, before we get to the game, I've, I've got a theory on potential game script for you here, but l- what's what's the latest on the injuries? We saw a number of players added to the injury report, a bit of an illness issue at practice. Um, so a, a pretty populated injury report there for the Bills. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the case. Um, you know, the Bills are dealing with not only several players who are, you know, injured and not playing, including Gabe Davis, Tyrell Dodson, Rasul Douglas, and Taylor Rapp. All four of them continued for the second day in a row to not practice with their specific injuries. On top of that, yesterday, Deion Dawkins did not um, practice due to uh, illness. Uh, Dawson Knox didn't practice due to illness. And Deontay Hardy didn't practice due to personal reasons. So, yeah, I mean, all all of those were um, there's concerning, obviously. I mean, talking about a lot of guys on that report. Now, obviously, it is Thursday. It's not Friday yet. Today is. And we'll get Sean McDermott today on the Extra Point Show. He'll let us know who's practicing today, who's not, and if anybody is officially declared out. Sal Capaccio, you can join us, 803-0550. If you have a question, something to throw our way, one 888 All right, Sal, so the weather. You know, I'm thinking about this matchup, and it's a, it's a general consensus that wind especially can be a great equalizer. If there's a yeah. lot of snow, then footing becomes an issue, and that, you know, a, a snow globe snow is not affecting much. Four inches, six inches on the ground, that is. The thing I'm wondering about is – if the Bills are the better run team in this matchup, this has been a season, it's been a long goal of them to kind of be a little bit more multiple and able to run the ball better. And is this finally the year where that pays off, right? That they that they can run it better. They're going to need to in a game potentially like this. I agree. I've had the same thought. Like, you know, for all the – how many times did we go on different stations and answer questions from people who say – well, they, they, they don't have a good enough run game. They don't have a good enough run game. Like, that's been happening, and even going into this year. It slowed down a little bit this year because people see what James Cook has done. You know, he's third in the league in rushing. Um, that said, I don't know. Are they the better run team? I'm not really sure. They are a better run team than they have been. Are they the better run team than the Steelers? I don't know. I think overall they're certainly a better offense than the Steelers. That you know, and they, they can probably rely more on their balance, but if it becomes just a run game, you know, I, I think that you know both teams here probably have their, their good moments and their bad moments. Um, but it is something I've thought about too, Jeremy, which is, you know, the, the narrative, I, I don't love that word that much, but the narrative on the bills over the last few years is they can't run the ball. And we know that they've actually had some better numbers and a lot of that's Josh. I get it. Uh, but this year it seems like they are more equipped to handle a situation like this. And that's why if you really look back in this five game win streak, five, six game win streak, right. Uh, that the bills have had, they have actually, it's a six-game win streak, uh, five-game win streak. Sorry, and six out of the last seven. They've kind of, they haven't had great passing numbers, and it's not that they've run the ball incredibly. Like the Dallas Cowboys game, they did. That was a great game running the ball, but against the Chiefs, Chargers, Patriots, and Dolphins, yeah, the numbers weren't great running the ball. But other than Josh last week and some of the numbers he put up, they also haven't thrown the ball incredibly. So. I think they've had a, a good balance. They put up some decent numbers here and there, and they really relied on their defense. I think that's really been the formula here for the last five weeks. Yeah, thinking about the run game, you know, Sal, the, the Steelers, what has happened to them to make things get better is that they have introduced a passing game that throws the ball vertically. And there's a team, Pittsburgh, that fired their offensive coordinator, and now they're on their third quarterback. And our conversation you were hearing with me yesterday with Andrew Filipponi was about Mason Rudolph and how – 
he's he's been better. He's been their best quarterback so far. That's one thing about the weather here and the wind and all that. The Steelers are not a good, uh, to my eye, from what I see in success rate numbers, they're not a good run team. They're one of those high-volume run teams. The Steelers run it a lot. And because of that, the numbers look like, wow, look at all these rushing yards, and it's a team that uses the run. But the thing that finally got them a win streak and into the playoffs was passing. So if you take Mm -hmm. away the passing from the Steelers, then they go back to me to being that pedestrian run team that doesn't really threaten too much. And what's different about the Steelers versus the Bills, and we looked at this for the Patriot win game, like Josh Allen threw for 130 yards in that win game on 15 attempts. And one of the things we talked about in the first hour was thinking back to that game, remembering that a lot of those that were there wished the Bills threw it more, that they could have had more success in that game. Yeah, and and if you remember, like he hit Dawson Knox on a dime, like down the field later in the game. They they might have had, they might have been able to win that game. He he threw a great pass. Dawson couldn't hold on. It was wasn't like it's a tougher catch, but it was there. He should have caught it, and that was in the fourth quarter. And I remember even in like in that play, like thinking, geez, like they should have been doing this the whole game. And they had thirty. Was the stat Josh probably know and have it? They had thirty pass attempts total, but I think. Like 20 came in the fourth quarter or something, yeah. or 15 of them or something like that were in the fourth quarter, whatever the number is. And, yeah, and that's because I think the Bills figured out, hey, we got a quarterback here who can do this. And that's why they started turning to that. As far as the Steelers' run game, you're right about the volume. So here's their average gain on the ground per game. Okay, so this is even through – I'll start backward. I'll start with the Baltimore game. So the first three games I read you are all Mason Rudolph games. I'm going from week 18, 17, 16. Yep. Average gain per rush attempt for the Steelers. 3.0, and then in the middle of the season, they were actually running the ball very well. They had four games in a row where they went 5-5, and 4-6. Since then, nothing over 4.4, and three games, 4.0 or less. Four games, actually. Right. They do, the Steelers from, they do break tackles, and that's something that, this this Sean McDermott defense sell, from time to time, You'll get people pointing out that sometimes they are not the best tackling defense. So I wonder if that's a big focus this week for McDermott, especially you know if it's slippery or whatever. If it's going to yeah. be if it's going to be a game, he mentioned at his presser this week that Pittsburgh plays as physical a game as anybody they'll play against. Yeah, that's right, and and I agree that tackling is going to be really important this week when you're coming downhill on more of a slippery field, and basically like you know you have to. He's going. He's going one way. You're going one way, right? It's a diff- It's different if you have a little bit of a wetter field, slippery field, and you have to kind of, you know, slow down a little bit to make that tackle. You might not be able to. And there he goes, right? Um, so yes, that is. It's not just in the run game though. That one of the things they're doing better, Jeremy, the Steelers, clearly under Mason Rudolph, they're getting the ball to their wide receivers and they're making some plays after the catch. That's what happened last week with Deontay Johnson and the touchdown that he scored. Um, you know, against the Baltimore Ravens. It was a slant pattern. He caught it. He's off to the races. Now, you know, you, you could say the coverage was bad. There was a you look at the safety of that play. The point is, he's putting the ball accurately for his guys to be able to run. And they've been making yards after catch. So you want to- We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. How about tackling? It's not just in the run game. It's the secondary needs to be able to tackle those receivers. Yep. 803-0550. We'll get a couple calls in with Sal. Give a call. Question, comment on the bad bills versus the weather, which concerns you more. It's the Twitter poll we've got up as well. Walter in Toronto is on the line. Hey, Walter, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. This is a bonus for me. I get to talk to my two favorite personalities at WGR. Now look um, at this guy, Walter. You're the best. <laughs> well, well, th- I- I'm sure Josh thanks you very much. I don't know who's in the uh, other room with him, though. Go ahead, Walter. <laughs> couple points, uh, gentlemen. Uh, um, we're talking about the run game. I- I'm a little concerned about that Harris. Uh, the, the running back for the uh, Steelers, he, he, he's, a, he's a bit of a moose, you know, and if it becomes yeah. the Bulls down to a, a run game, I'm, I'm concerned a little bit about him, like to hear your thoughts. And, and secondly, there's been a lot of talk about the weather, and, and I know it's a done deal. Um, I, I, you know, I, I did some homework. The, the first 10 Super Bowls were, were done by the middle of January. Now now we're going to the middle of February. Uh, the, 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 before the Super Bowls, the seasons were done by the end of December. So I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, we needed to adjust our, our thinking a bit. Was there ever any talk about a retractable roof on, on the new Bills uh, Stadium? You know, coming from Toronto, we 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 have we've had the dome, and that's not a perfect stadium, but it is also 40 years old. But I'm just thinking, uh, you know, I'm a real, I'm a purist. I like the open the open air. I like the open weather. Uh, but I mean, Sunday's games gonna, uh, for a spectator is just a mess. But was there any talk about a retractable dome or, or just no talk of dome whatsoever? For this one, I well, mean... I'll, that- I'll let you take this, Jeremy, and go ahead because I know that, <coughs> excuse me, through all our conversations with Ron Arcuya when he's with the Bills yep. and other people and how these things evolved. Sure. I mean, th- so the number one thing, I, I'll remember this from our, co- our talks with Ron, that Bills fans said they didn't want, when it comes to weather, is they didn't want to be wet. It was not about being outside. It was about being wet. And that's why a canopy was one of the solutions. The The main difference probably between, like, retractable roof and dome and open air with a canopy, let's be real, it's probably cost. Who, yeah. who, who's going to pay for it? The owners probably didn't want to pony up more money. The city, whatever, the county, the state, I mean, how much more would the state have been willing to put up the county? It's $850 million of public funds. The idea of, like, doubling that to me. I mean, I'm not in favor of public money. Initial, initial estimates for me for what I saw with a dome would have been an extra yeah. $500 million. And, you know, this is one of the things that I mentioned earlier, Sal. I reached out to the Bills to try and get them to, hey, come on and give us an update rather than me just, you know, complaining about it like a, like a, like I do. Um, because I think it would serve them well to remind everyone that if you're mad about the snow and if you're mad about the wind and whatever, that the new stadium is designed specifically to be an open-air stadium that greatly mitigates the conditions. The The current stadium, Highmark Stadium, is like an op- a very open bowl. If you're up in the upper deck, that is a vastly different experience than what you're going to have in the upper deck of the new stadium. It is fully enclosed, the new stadium. Fully enclosed and designed so that when wind hits it, it gets dissipated by the design of it. So, and it's been a while since we've talked about that element of it, but if you're, I just keep saying all the time, there are a lot of stops in between standing in an open field as a 60-mile-an-hour wind rages through and being in a dome. 
there are stops, and where the new stadium is going to be is way closer to the dome than it is an open-air stadium like Highmark is currently. So if you're mad about a dome, I would just say be just give it a minute, and when you get in that new stadium for the first time and it's really terrible outside and you're in your seats and they're heated and it's warm and it's still open air and you don't feel the effects of the wind, maybe you know you can kind of tone it down on how they missed an opportunity to build a dome. I feel like the new stadium is going to do adequately what most of us want it to do. So, It'll be interesting how it affects the actual play on the field of the game because with the way it's designed, you might get a little bit less of that element, but you're still going to get it during the game, you know, on the field basically. But you're right about the stadium and the seating. So I was just thinking as you were talking about that and you're saying standing in the field, I'm thinking in middle of the Midwest, you know what stadium is very much like Buffalo? Arrowhead. It's very much like a high market. Nobody's ever been there. It's designed. It was built like right in the same time period by the same company, I believe. I could be wrong on that, but it look it's very similar. And I'm thinking about their game tomorrow night. They will not have the wind, but they'll have the elements and the snow and the cold. And it's the same kind of thing because of how it's built right there. Anyway, just something interesting to think about. So you're as saying, far as Najee Harris, you're saying Arrow, Arrowhead does a good job of of kind of mitigating the wind. No, no, okay, it's it like not. the stadium we have now. Okay. Because I think uh, Arrowhead and Highmark are very similar. Right, because Arrowhead, Kansas City wind chills are said to be minus 30 tomorrow. No, no, it's very open and it's not pitched. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yep. It's yep. got, it's, 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 the only difference is it's not underground like Highmark is. Highmark, you walk in, you walk down into the bowl. Arrowhead is not like that. It's basically a ground level for the field, but it's sim- very similar design. One tunnel in, one tunnel out. You have everything. It's, it's a, it's a bowl stadium, but it's all, very, very open. So I just think it's going to be interesting because tomorrow it's going to be super cold there, obviously. But they're not going to have the wind, is what I'm saying, tomorrow for, the, for that game. You're going to have maybe 10, 15-mile-an-hour winds. Yeah. As far as Najee Harris is concerned, um, yeah, I mean, he is a, he's, a, he's a load to bring down. You know what the difference for me, though, is, Walter and Jeremy? Um, let's think back to that Cincinnati game. I think a lot of people are thinking about that game and, you know, a little worried. And I understand that. The Bills didn't have Daquan Jones. What a big difference having Daquan Jones is in a game like this to me. Daquan Jones at defensive tackle to be able to, you know, be a, a run plugger and, you know, a penetrator, but just his ability to, you know, be able to uh, kind of be an anchor there, I guess, is I think such a big difference than what they had last year. I mean, they feel so comfortable, Jeremy, with their depth at defensive tackle. This is a little point. It's not a huge point. They feel so comfortable. They released Elianku yesterday to sign um, A.J. Klein to the practice squad. Now, A.J. Klein was signed to the practice squad probably because they might be a little concerned about Tyrell Dotson's availability. Maybe we don't get him, and Spectre has to play Klein's there. So that could be very true. But they felt good enough to not only release Elianku, but while Jordan Phillips is on IR. So you go into the game tomorrow with Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, Sunday, excuse me, Tim Settle, Puna Ford, Linval Joseph on your active roster – Obviously, they feel comfortable with that, and to me, like that's a much, much different group than no Daquan Jones. Even though you had Jordan Phillips last year in that Cincinnati game, and I think you know that's that that's what gets me more to okay, yeah, they they have a good run game when they get rolling a little bit. They're going to go by volume, like you said, Najee Harris. I think Warren's a good player. I think both those I think both those running backs are very yeah, good. There are a lot of people in Pittsburgh that have felt that Warren should be getting the ball more than Harris. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's I mean, right. Warren. So Warren is more the speed guy, yep. but you're right. I, I and I, I like him too. He's more slippery. He's a better pass catcher. 
Like Najee Harris, I was looking up the stats. Najee Harris's longest run this season is 29 yards. That's not exactly, you know, like a, a breakaway explosive kind of back. His yards per carry is 4.1. James Cook's is 4.7. To that point, Sal, I had somebody tweet this in. I think it's a good question about what they do with their running back carries because you've got speed in Cook and you've got speed in Ty Johnson if he's available. Is Fournette something to consider for a game like this? Because we've all, you know, you've talked it for a while. They like the idea of a physical runner. And in a game like this where maybe it is a lean on the run game because of the wind and the footing if the snow is an issue, do you feel like the conditions could be more of a Fournette conditions rather than James Cook? Not to say like he's going to get the most carries, but that maybe his, his usage could be on the climb. Yeah, I think it's a good point. I mean, I, I would certainly be not surprised if that were the case. Um, we'll see how they play it out. By the way, on Ty Johnson, just so everybody knows, I don't think we touched on him. He did wear a red jersey and was limited again. That's great news as far as his you know progression through the concussion protocol. Maybe they'll have him available. But I do think that you know this could be a four net game. This could be a game where you need a guy. You know, that's a guy that you know he's a pretty powerful runner. He can catch out of the backfield as well. He can do multiple things. And if you have to check things down in this game, you know that's him and you know James Cook can both do that. Um, Ty Johnson can obviously. Uh, so they have three running backs then that they can turn to in that type of situation. Yes, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Leonard Fournette activated, uh, elevated, and again just for operational purposes, so everybody knows there are no limits on elevations per player. In the postseason, so if you play four games, you can be elevated every one. You still can only elevate two players, though. And if Gabe Davis is going to be out, I wonder if they elevate Andy Isabella or even Tyrell Shavers, considering you know he's more of the size that they look for. Uh, that, but you know he doesn't have any experience, obviously. And then Leonard Fournette, we'll see. Or do they, you know, do they elevate AJ Klein? They just signed him. Yep. AJ Klein could be the elevation. So you may like J- Jeremy. They could go because of the weather. If there's no Gabe Davis, you could go into this game with four wide receivers, and I wouldn't be stunned. Yeah, and maybe do we see four running backs active? I don't know. You know it's Latavius Murray and uh, uh, Leonard Fournette. I think it's going to be super curious and interesting how they play the roster here. Sal Capaccio joining us on the Western Hotline. All right, Sal, thank you. We'll be listening ten o'clock. You've got. We're going to hear from Sean McDermott. Going to hear from Patrick Hammer. You've got the access to the, uh, the the star of the show this weekend with our buddy Pat Hammer. Yeah, so. Pat. Pat is very, very, very important today. So. Yeah. We will talk with Patrick Hammer in our normal 11.30 time slot. Sean McDermott just after 11 uh, on the Extra Point Show. And on, um, let's see. I'm, I'm working on see if we can talk to Paul a little bit later. I don't know if you have Paul on this morning, but, you know, big, nice, nice Sabres win last night. So we'll yeah. get some thoughts on him hopefully as well. All right. Very good. Thanks, Sal. You got it. Sal Capaccio, it is Football Friday. If you're on hold, stick with us. 803-0550. Get to your calls. Football Friday presented by Tops Market. Score big savings and elevate your food game. We'll be back in a snap. And that's brought to you by Snapdragon Apples, the official apple of the Buffalo Bills. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.